Welcome to Reviewing Westeros, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today is Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? Good, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, so we're here today to talk about Season 7, Episode 2 called Stormborn. Um, what did you think of this episode? Um, I thought it was a very good episode, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, Bit of an improvement on the first episode, but I understand that it was just setting things up and reminding people what was going on. Um, uh, particularly like the the final scene, which I think a lot of people did do. Um, but yeah, very uh, very decent episode all around, to be honest. Cool, cool. I thought it was this was good. I don't know if it was as good as last week's. I don't know something about last week's with the dragons and with. Um... You know, with Arya being uh, pretending to be Water Frey and all that kind of stuff, this episode didn't really have the same kind of things. I know we had the big battle at the end, which was pretty good and had some, you know, decisions that we'll talk about and stuff. Um, but some of this episode felt a little bit like slow negotiations, especially on like Danny's side. I know that that's what she's doing at the moment, but um, yeah. there's point. There's a point in this episode where. Um, Tyrion is explaining the attack that they're going to do, or the attack that they're not going to do, because he calls it a siege. And as always, I watched I watched the episode twice, and I didn't understand on either watch what he was kind of talking about. Maybe it's because of the style of war that I like don't understand it or something. But um, yeah, just the, the plan in general. Like after both times of watching it and his speech, I didn't quite get it. Um, but yeah, there's a bit more talking in this episode, and I guess it's saved for the big battle at the end. Um, yeah. Like, maybe it was just pushed kind of further in this episode, whereas with the last one, you open up with the water fray thing, um, and it kind yeah. of kicks it off a bit more in this episode. That didn't really happen as much. Um, but it was still very, very good. There was still a lot of good stuff that happened, um, which, of course, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, there's a rumor, I don't know if you saw it, this week or not um but george r r martin did an interview with i'm not, I'm not sure who it was with um but you know because we've been waiting for well not us because mm. i don't read the books yet um a lot of people have been waiting for this winds of winter book is the next book in the game of thrones series and he said that it might be for next year and he, and he also said that he's writing two new books and a lot really? of people are like mm. well what 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 is what is George playing at? What is he doing? Why is he writing two new books for whatever it is, and not finishing the Winds of Winter? I don't know, but that's just what I saw. What do you kind of think of of that? Well, I think definitely he should finish um, the Winds of Winter before the series finishes. Yeah. Um, what I've heard from Game of Thrones season eight is that it's not going to be next year; it's going to be the year after. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have a longer break and give him more time to kind of just wrap things up. But he's been talking to the showrunners and telling them uh, where he thinks the story is going to go. So that, um, so, so I don't think it's completely unguided the TV series at the moment. Yeah. Um, I do think that he should get it done before doing any more like spin-off books or whatever he's doing right now. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a case of like, um, 
you know, Game of Thrones might be delayed to 2018. That's like one of the rumours. What about if it gets delayed to 2018 because of this George thing? And what about if he still doesn't finish the book? <laughs> like, it's a possibility. So, I, I don't know. But um, um, it's, it's all quite interesting. Yeah, like I said, yeah, like I said, that he, he is talking to the showrunners and telling him where he thinks things are going to go. Yeah. So if he doesn't finish the book in time, um, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm. And to be honest, the TV series, from what I've heard, is quite uh, has differed quite a lot from the books at this point. So they might as well just carry on and finish the TV series as a separate thing, mm-hmm. rather than trying to release it to the books too much. Yeah. But maybe have a few tie-ins from the, the Winter of Winter when it does finally come out. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It would be quite funny if like they delay it because of the book and the book still doesn't get finished. That would be such like yeah. 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 But anyway, we have an episode to talk about. Which starts off with Danny. She talks about being born in a little storm. Uh, which is why it's called Stormborn, I think. Uh she also talks about how her brother was stupid, which of course we saw that in previous seasons. Uh, yeah. Tyrion says that she can take King's Landing without having a slaughter. Um, Varys also talks about making tough choices choices for the right reasons. Varys says that uh, he picked the right queen because she's basically the most powerful person. I know that Cersei is currently the queen, but come on, Danny's more powerful than Cersei. Um, yeah, definitely. Varys talks about making tough choices, but for the right reasons. Varys says that he picked the right queen and that if she chooses him, he will serve her very well. Uh, She says that if you betray me, I will burn you alive. And they both kind of have this professional smile at each other. It's quite funny. Mm. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, So what do you think of this opening scene? It was, this is a little bit of what I'm talking about with the whole like, yeah. I know she has to make the plans, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really good because I always wanted to kind of see what Varys' intentions have been. Um, I'm not sure if I do believe him in this scene, but it, it, it does make things a lot more clearer from his perspective. Yeah. About he's on Danny's side after, you know, his previous alliance, you know, with the Brackens. Um, yeah, I think it was a genuinely a decent scene, really. Um, and you get to kind of see that Danny's kind of trying to work her out her allies and really trying to scrutinise them to make sure they stay loyal to her. But then she's also making sure they know that if they step out of line, if they're not loyal to her, they will get punished. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bit of the, like, Mad Queen secret weapon of, like, mm. you can be really good to me, but if you're not, I'll, like, destroy you, basically. So yeah, uh, it's it's a bit of like um, a three option thing. Either he's really good to her, either he I guess leaves because if, if he says like I'm done, I'm gonna leave. That's not really a betrayal. And then the third option yeah. is like you betray her and then you get killed. So you know you have your three options. And uh, if I was him, I would keep being loyal to her because she's very powerful and um, they're in a good position. So. Um, <laughs> Melisandre goes to visit Danny. Uh, Masandi tells Danny about a translation that, that she said. Uh, and Tyrion says it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, which was quite a good little uh, comedic scene, I guess, to have from him. The appropriate character to do it as well. Uh, they all find out about Jon, um, about him being the uh, King of the North. And Melisandre tells Danny to summon Jon because, you know. There's like a two-way thing in this episode of uh, people talking to John about teaming up with Danny and people talking to yeah. Danny about teaming up with John. So hopefully it's you know, hopefully it's something that will come together eventually. Uh, but yeah, she says summon John and 
send the raven to him and uh you know try and get him to have a meeting which we see john does leave eventually um yeah later scene i thought this this was this, this was more interesting of a discussion like you got melisandre comes up like what, what does she want and then you got the whole um translation thing and then like they're talking about bringing john in i thought it was a, a bit more interesting in this scene yeah um the one thing i don't like didn't like about the scene i mean i liked it a lot like you said i agree with everything that you're saying mm. um about melisandre and how she's moved down to south now um what i do like or, or what no what sorry what i didn't like too much about it was the whole um, idea of the Lord of Light thing. Um, that religion at the moment is still kind of a, a bit unknown to me. I'm really unsure how this is going to really tie into the main story, if it does at all. Mm. Um, and it's just got me thinking, like, is there any scenes with it, with, where they're talking about it, are they worth you noting or anything? Um, there's a whole thing in the scene about the whole, um, the quote about the Prince, um, Prince of Promise, I think it was. Mm. Um, that the, that Melisandre has trying to be, been trying to find, um, and then there's I don't know about thirty seconds waste on trying to say well it could be either princess <laughs> or prince you know and yeah. like okay cool we got that um, mm. yeah it, but it, in general it's the is coming we don't need to quibble over translation <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah and I don't I don't think Daenerys is really kind of caring about um, Melisandre's kind of religion that she's got going. So I'm sure, if you want to worship me, then fine, but I'm going for the Iron Throne, you know? Yeah. I'm not looking to be the Princess of Promise or whatever. Um, yeah, but the it's something that we've been waiting for quite a while to see um, the people who started in Westeros and the people starting in Essos really kind of come together. We saw that over the past few seasons of Tyrion and Varys joining um, Daenerys and Sande and the Grey Worm and all those people. And now you're finally seeing someone like Jon, who's a major character, come to Daenerys, which is incredible mm. and hopefully um yeah hopefully he bends the knee as she wants him to hopefully but, hopefully uh, all as well yeah he might he might uh, be a, a, a casual stark and uh defend his honor and not bend the knee, mm. the knee yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> that's I mean, what i worry about i mean danny's more in a position of like i don't have time to squabble you know there's white walkers yeah. on the way i'm trying to take over a throne can you please not like Tell me whether I'm yeah. a prince or a princess or all this like stuff. She's like, get to the point. I have to, you know, I have a mission to do back there. So like, yeah. So uh, what are you gonna say to be first, kind of thing? Um, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, back at the wall, Sansa and John debate the Raven they receive. Connecting storylines, um, mm-hmm. and whether to trust Danny. Uh, I liked how this scene was after the previous scene. Um, it kind yeah. of, you know trying to like connect the two storylines worked really well um whether to trust danny john says that they can at least trust Tyrion. um and i've forgotten his name and i also couldn't find it when i tried to look it up but the other guy that's with there with them he says oh um like fire breaks um like the white walkers or whatever and um danny has the dragons to do that and it's like yeah this is you mean davos davos yeah and um right the way it's kind of like you know that that trying to further connect the two storylines in order to say like you know you need you kind of need Danny to help fight with the White Walkers, I thought was great as well. Yeah, um, with that scene, I thought it was very necessary, and the fact that, like you said, it was straight after, meaning that um, we go from one side to the other, and really focus on this as the main plot for the episode, mm. um, which was very good. I don't want to see too much kind of dibby dabbling around. 
Um, and one thing I did like about the scene was how Tyrion wrote that note. Mm. Because, you know, it could have been anyone who wrote it. But then he, he gave it to John, he sent it to Winterfell and everything. And he put a quote in that he said to John uh, back in season one about, like, all the wars of bastards in their father's eyes. And then that's how John knew that it was definitely Tyrion. Which I, uh, which is very clever for Tyrion, you know, <laughs> in order to make a connection with John properly. Yeah, I mean, cause in the, uh, I think it's in the pilot episode or the second episode, him and um, John and Tyrion get along quite well, and they have like a nice drink yeah. together or or whatever before all the Lannister betrayal came in. Um, so of course his people are like skeptical, like, oh, Tyrion Lannister is a Lannister, we can't trust him, but um, yeah, he knows Tyrion, which is a, a good connection for him to have there. So. I thought that yeah, was quite good. I think anyone that crosses Tyrion does see that he's a lot different to most Lannisters. Mm. He does have the same kind of cun- cunning and um, and kind of wits that a lot of them do, but he he uses it a lot differently, not just for power, but for the goodness of the people, really. Mm. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that will uh, come together next episode, maybe because he's mm. he's on his way there now. So yeah, um, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Cersei is telling her people about Danny and you know, how horrible of a person she's been, and mm-hmm. uh, this famous spectacle that she she gave. Uh, um, uh, I think Marine, she said or something. Uh, and they ask her how they're going to defeat the dragons, um, and her advisor says we have a solution, which we see later as well. Um, quite a short little scene, I guess. It's it was just funny the way her advisor was like, we have a solution, and then that's it. Like yeah, as if it's some kind of secret to him. Yeah, um, I think the scene was good in order to to really kind of belittle uh, Daenerys's um, army down. Um, the fact that Kyburn um, has made uh, a giant crossbow which can nearly trip, uh, like a break down a brick wall mm. would be a really huge threat to the dragons. To be honest. Um, yeah, the scene itself, that, that small one before they went down to the cellar was um, was a little bit needed, but, you know, I mm. don't really mind it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so back with Jorah. Um, the oh. mace, back with, sorry, what was I going to say? No, I was just saying, oh, Jorah. <laughs> That's all I was saying. <laughs> yeah, not a great scene. Uh, well, good scene, but, yeah, not nice to watch. Back with Jorah, the maester, and Sam, the maester is telling Jorah that he may lose his mind in six months, maybe a few less, so like maybe three or four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he won't die for maybe ten years, so great, you'll lose your mind in six months, and then you'll die in ten years. Uh, the yeah. master says Sam can't help Jorah, um, and he also tells Jorah that he has one more day. Uh, Sam also asks Jorah if he has any family to tell, and then you know Jorah looks at his sword. Um... So do you think Jorah is thinking about using his sword to kill himself there? Um, I didn't pick up on that the first time I watched, but okay. possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen him as the most optimistic character in Game of Thrones, to be honest. No. Um, but yeah, that would make sense, considering um, considering how, you know, he hasn't got a lot to live for right now. I mean, he, he was doing all this, and then going to go back to Khaleesi. Um, or Daenerys and kind of prove his loyalty and prove how like he's going to help her but he's not he's not in the state to do that right now and yeah that might well be an option this season yeah um, not the 
greatest way to do that, I suppose. It depends what what exactly he is thinking in his head because he doesn't really say anything. So, um, mm. and we don't really see him like debating with himself or I mean, I mean, I know you, you hear people say, oh, you know, talking to yourself is the first sign of craziness, but I mean, like when you kind of think to yourself out loud more, more. Um, yeah, we, we didn't see him do any of that, so we don't know exactly what is on his mind. Um, this place mm-hmm. is a pretty blunt guy, isn't he? He's like, oh, you know, six months for this, ten years for that. You know, we can't help you. You'll get one more day here and then you're out, kind of thing. It's not... Yeah. I mean, he's not the nastiest character I've seen in TV, but he's a very blunt one and not a very nice person. Yeah, I think it's because he doesn't see the importance that Joel Mormon has, really, to the connections he has to (laughs) Daenerys. Um, And he's just saying, oh, well, if this guy comes in, he says it's Joel Mormon. I mean, the Mormon are a huge house and everything, but he's not, I wouldn't say he's a bastard or anything, but he's not really loved by his family, to be honest, Jorah. Um, So what's what's important keeping him around? He's just, we're trying to build like our, our study here and everything. He's just got in the way a bit. Yeah, and um, I imagine that when in reality, maybe they're short supplies in some way, and he's like kind of hinting towards it that way. As to say, like, yeah, as to um, maybe say, like, we need some of our supplies for people that can use them, and you're not one of those people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as we yeah. see, Sam is trying to be the more helpful person. So, yeah, and um, I think Sam. Just generally has a lot more heart than most people in Game of Thrones. Um, but I don't think that he has any bad will against anyone, really. Yeah. Um, but um, one thing I did like about this uh, the scene was, um, I, like you said about the, um, the Archmaster there, he, he is quite um, a bit blunt and everything, but I think Jim Paul does a really good job of um, acting him out. Hmm. Do you know Jim Broadbent? He's from like um, the Harry Potter films. He's a famous actor. Oh yeah, yeah. He he plays the Archmaster in this uh, series. So I thought he was really good, and he fits him really well there. Yeah, he's doing he's doing a good job. Um, so Cersei, going back to Cersei, she is shown that the they don't give this name that they don't give this weapon a specific name, so I just called it a crossbow. It's like a big fancy crossbow. So yeah, uh, Cersei is shown the new weapons they have. Uh, she is shown how their new crossbow weapon works and that it pierces the dragon skull. Yeah, um, I have one obviously something to say about the scene. Sure, it will pierce a dragon skull that has maybe been down there for a while. Maybe it isn't quite as fresh as like a living dragon skull. Two, will it actually pierce the dragon's skin to begin with? Um, is, is yeah. It, <laughs> it would be so funny if, like... Because Cersei isn't going to go and fight herself, right? She's going to watch with wine from a tower somewhere. When these dragons yeah. turn up um, and they try to shoot this dragon with all these crossbows, I imagine they're going to have more than one, otherwise that would be pretty stupid. But what if, like, we see the first shot go and it just, like, bounces off the dragon? That would be so funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But um, in this scene, um, I think Kyber mentioned to Cersei that um, it's in like the pits of Marine where um the dragons were, and they had um all the people throw spears at it, and it actually did hurt the dragon. Yeah. Um, so that's probably where he's getting it from, and this weapon seems a lot more powerful than just uh one spear. So I think the dragons are a bit in danger with this one. I, I guess. think. It's, yeah. 
I was just thinking so the time when, up. like, when we saw the spear go through the skull, I was like, sure, that works, but is it going to pierce yeah. the skin? Because that's, you know, needs to go through that first, so. Um, but it's, yeah. a, it's a decent plan, because, you know, Cersei isn't going to fight herself. She's going to, like I said, watch from a tower with some wine, giving a dirty look. So, um, yeah, yeah, they need some better weapons. Um... Danny says, this was the scene that I couldn't quite get much from, but I wrote down what I could. Uh, Danny says that they will lay siege to King's Landing because um, Tyrion says that, like, they won't basically full-on attack. Um, She talks to Lady Elena after um, and tells her to be a dragon. She's like, are you a goat? Are you a sheep or whatever? And she's like, no, you're a dragon. I was like, okay, that's, that's a cool line, but it's a little cheesy. I mean the whole like mother of dragons, you're yeah, a dragon, it. not a sheep. It it was it was fine to me. Um, there's also the uh, dawn mother there, and she's like, "We don't, uh, we're not going to poison children here." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." That, that was interesting as well. Yeah, um, I did like the plans in the scene, especially how Tyrion conducted them, considering he knows Westeros a lot more than most people there yep. did. Um, uh, I think he sent the he said the Insulid are going to go to Castle Rock, which we haven't seen in the TV series. I don't think it's like where the Lannisters used to live before they moved to King's Landing. Um, so he and there's got no protection now, so I think that's where they're going to go. And obviously, you see um uh, the Greyjoys and the Sand Snakes all going down to um I think it's going they're going further south. I think I think they're going to go to Storm's End or something like that. I think so. Um, yeah. So I think they're going back to Dawn, and then they're going to pick up the Dawn, Dawnish army, and then they're going to go back to Dragonstone. Mm. I think that was the plan, but it doesn't really uh, go too well in it later in this episode. No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the the plans for that. Um, Grey Worm. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, oh, I'll say controversy. We're talking about the internet, full of. Well, not full of bad people, but there's some very nice people and there's some very silly, annoying people. Uh, Grey Worm and Melisand- Melisandre. Uh, her name is too similar to Melisandre. Um, yeah. Grey Worm and Melisandre have a chat. Uh, he tells her that um, it's hard for him to say goodbye. She is his weakness, and like he kind of expresses like how he's struggled to like you know have feelings for things because because um, of how rough his childhood was and that sort of thing. And then they they have sex after that. Um, do you know that he doesn't have any? I don't know if it's um, all of his testicles or, or whatever. I don't know what exactly has been cut off, but apparently he doesn't yeah. have everything down there. So a lot of people were like, "Oh, why didn't they show what was down there?" Out of like curiosity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he has. Um, I don't think he has a penis. To be honest, yeah. I think he does have his testicles. Which is a bit of strange, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think the scene worked? Um, I think the scene worked, but now I'm worrying that either one of them is gonna get killed off at some stage. Yeah. Considering they're not it's not gonna be that nice and just go on. They did a lot of fan service here. I mean a lot of people wanted to see them being a little bit more intimate rather than just sitting at a table and trying to start a conversation about glass season. Oh that was hilarious when Tyrion walked in. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. And they're two, um, I think they're two very likeable characters at this point, but I do worry for them going forward now. Me too, yeah. I mean, you have in, uh, I'll, I'll make a nice comparison to The Walking Dead. You have, like, um, when 
sort of side characters or B-tier characters get character development, they tend to die sometimes. Um, do you think this is similar for this scene? Because these are big characters, but I wouldn't say they're like Jon Snow, Danny level of characters. They're, they're pretty yeah. big characters, but not that kind of level. They're, they're on like... I don't want to say Father Gabriel level level character, but you know what I mean. They're, they're big characters, but not quite that level. Um, so do you think this is like? Yeah. We have eleven, twelve episodes left. Um, mm-hmm. We have to give them the, the give them this development before before it's too late. Basically, that's kind of um, what, I, what I was thinking. Yeah, possibly, but um, you, you know, the Game of Thrones has so much like so many characters right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think like how are they going to whittle them down, or are they all gonna. Is there going to be a load that survive at the end of it? I'm, I'm still unsure on that part. Mm. But um, I could easily see um, Grey Worm on the Sunday going very soon, um, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, Sam speaks to the Maester again, uh, and the Maester tells Sam that the procedure to cure Jorah is now forbidden. Jorah is writing a letter to, letter to Danny, which I, I couldn't actually see, but I was listening to some of the podcasts and stuff, and it says that uh, he's basically saying goodbye, and I wish I could have been a part of what you were building, and, you know, you're mm-hmm. this amazing queen, and this kind of stuff. Um, and, yeah, this is when, uh, I think this is a, this is the actual scene where he, he peels off some of Jorah's yeah. skin, which um, looked pretty painful as well. It's lot yeah, pass. He... So we can, Sam comes in the room and he he has like this porridge type stuff and then he says like you're gonna want to bite down on this and like gives him some rum. Sam takes some himself and then he gets like these tweezers and stuff out and starts peeling away. Um, he peeled off ten percent maybe. He peeled off like a, a good like three of the little stone things mm. on him and uh, yeah that caused Jorah enough pain as it is. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to get everything else off, but there yeah. we go. Yeah, because it's like on his back, it's on his arm, uh, yeah. and, like his fingers and stuff. Um, and I imagine he's got to get every single piece off, otherwise it might just come back. Um, like it might yeah. just grow back. But my my question is like, because I'm not a book reader as well. Um, my question is like, if he meant to say he peels all this grayscale off, but he doesn't give mm-hmm. him a cure necessarily will he still be infected in some kind of way um i don't really know to be honest yeah because um, i don't know if it's just even... like you know how like you get a rash and you can kind of get r- rid of it and you don't need like tablets yeah. or something necessarily and this is I, I don't know how much of an inner effect infection it is or if it's just like a skin thing, like if he peels all this off, will it just work that way? That's kind of my question. But yeah, it was an interesting scene to watch. Um, and he's like, you know, mm. really kind of gnawing down on whatever Sam gives him. And uh, yeah, it looks pretty painful. So yeah, um, I do think that you know because he just he doesn't he hasn't really changed mentally, Jorah. He still seems all there, but he probably will go within a bit. But um, if it is going to affect his mental condition, then yeah, it's not, not going to help by just peeling them off, because you know it's still he still got infected, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's going to deteriorate. Um, yeah, there probably needs to be some actual cure for it rather than just Sam just sitting there and peeling them off horribly. Uh, yeah. Then uh, that scene was hard to watch at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
Sam Sam or Jorah must get caught for this in some way, right? I mean, the maester you can't have the maester walk in and see there's like a big chunk of it missing, or like yeah. Th- let's say Sam finishes some of it and then he walks away and then like the maester goes to see Jorah again, and he sees this big like part of part of it missing. He's gonna ask some questions. Um, he probably will ask questions, and that's yeah. why I'm <laughs> I'm not sure how it's gonna work exactly. And I don't think Jorah can get away with saying, oh, I took it off with my own hands or something. Like, there's yeah. got to be more of a reason, and I wonder what Sam and Jorah's plan is, is to hide it. I wonder as maybe well. He'll somewhere else. Maybe he'll leave the, uh, the place, yeah. but no, I'm not sure. Um, I do think that maybe, um, that like, obviously they will probably will get caught, because, you know, Sam had to put, like, a, a cloth in Jorah's mouth to stop him from screaming too loud. Yeah. Um, so... That alone is enough of a danger to like to to try and get past. Uh, yeah, it's a bit tough. Yep. Um, so back to Arya, she meets with Hot Pie, um, and he tells her that John is now king of the North, and talks about the Boltings, of course, Ramsay being one of them, uh, being dead as well. She's surprised, like delightfully surprised for once. Uh, thanks him for the updates and the pie and whatnot, and tells um tells him she's been making some pies of her own recently you know not, <laughs> not out of yeah. like natural food but some sort of pies some sort uh, of pies yeah which she doesn't hint to of course because she doesn't need to tell him that but i thought that that was a nice kind of funny little wink yep definitely yeah um so this was quite a nice little scene yeah it's a nice scene i mean we haven't seen hot pie for a while mm. can't say i really uh i was sort of, can't say i was really ecstatic to see him back but it was a nice little Oh yeah, he's there. Yeah, he, he's still alive and doing a thing. He's a bit fatter as well. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a decent scene as you know he re- reveals to Arya that the Boltons are no longer in charge of Winterfell. Yeah, and that uh, John's back, which you know, I'm not sure if it helps Arya out. I mean, is it a better decision for her to go north, or should she have carried on going south? I think she's going to continue on her plan, but this is good news for her. So. I think that's she, that's kind of maybe where her her head is at. I don't know. She seemed like on the when she left the uh, the inn, she seemed like she turned around from where she was going mm. and went back up. So I, I assume that she was going back up north when she was doing that, um, because she you know her her, her horse was like facing the right. Yeah, so I assume did. her going south. Yeah, um, maybe she and she started to turn around and follow some people up going back up north. That's why that's what I picked up, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Be interesting to see. Yeah, it was a nice little scene. So um, I thought that was mm. great as well. Um, back to John. He tells his people that Sam uh, has got in touch about Dragonstone and how to get it and whatnot. Uh, he says that yeah. he is accepting Danny's invitation. His people aren't very happy about it uh, because he needs allies and the support, which is true. They both. I mean, Danny doesn't need more men, but sure, she could do a support. But John needs more of the support. Um, yeah. He says that he has to go. His people still aren't very happy. Um, and I have a little nitpick with Sansa here. Uh, she says that he's abandoning his people. John replies by saying that he will leave her in charge. I don't think yeah. abandoning is the right yeah. word to use. Um, I don't think that is the right word. But yeah, yeah I understand what she's saying. He is the king of the north. He should, he, you know, it, it makes sense for him to stay in the north. But mm. right now... He has an invitation from the Queen, or, you know, the Queen that she wants to be, really. Um, and he has to kind of go and try and make those allies. Mm. 
it's more just like him going on a trip. Abandoning him, abandoning would be him like, I don't want to mm. be king of the north anymore. I'm just going to leave. So I'm not sure he still wants to be king of the north, really. Yeah, he said like I didn't quite want this, but it sort of happened. So yeah, fair play to him for uh, <laughs> seeing it out. But um, my prediction for him is when he does get down to Daenerys, he may uh, as well give up his title of king of the north and just um, just work for her. Uh, that's, that's what I'm assuming will happen, but I'm not just guessing. You know, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't seem so. like he wa- He doesn't seem like he really uh, cares about this title or anything like that. No, no, and he'll obviously like invite Sansa down and all that sort of stuff afterwards. Because um, what about if like he goes to Dragonstone, brings his people with him, the White Walkers get to the Wall, and then there's like nobody there? That would be interesting. It's just like a small prediction, I guess. But he's. Going down just with Davos, I believe. Um, okay. Sansa, Sansa staying behind. Um, one thing, one thing I did like about the scene is because how Sansa was arguing with him about like, oh no, you need to send the North, and then she's she asks like, oh, who's going to be in charge if you leave? And he says her, and she doesn't question it. She's just like, all right, fine, cool. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I'm in charge. I'm right. Mm. But um, yeah, I think Baelish will uh, or Littlefinger will cause some problems. Out there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, speaking of him, Littlefinger, um, mm-hmm. he taunts John and gets himself choked up against the wall because uh, he's basically just saying, like, you know, talking about his mother and his dad and talking about Sansa. And uh, John says, "If you touch Sansa, I'll kill you myself," which makes sense. Um, yeah. I don't see Littlefinger making it alive out of this season. I don't. I don't know at this point. I mean, I had to think about it, and I think in the last episode when I uh, we we discussed Littlefinger, yeah. I was going to say that he wouldn't survive. But um, now that John's made the decision to go further south and leave, you know, Sansa exposed, um, though Sansa might think that she knows his plan, um, he could probably be very unpredictable and uh, and <laughs> and throw um, throw her off course a bit, which is what I'm thinking might happen. Maybe, maybe. I think it's like 50-50 in terms of Sansa and Littlefinger, like who's going to win that psychological battle because she's a lot more confident in things, but we don't know what he's planning. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what's, what he has planned for Sansa because I'm assuming he's going to go and see her once John leaves. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then um, of course you've got, you got, you got Brienne there as well, so she's hopefully going to intervene with something, so... If Brian knows what's going on, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said in the last episode, I, well, I think I said it anyway. Um, I, I was saying that Littlefinger's always had this plan since season one about how he's going to gain power, and though he has done some sort of acts along the way that to get him to the position he is in now, um, I do don't feel like we've seen the extent of his master plan. No. Um, but at the same time, I could see him dying pretty soon on the show. Yeah, I think he's one of one of the least safe characters. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting what he has planned for Sansa because he's been doing some thinking sitting against that wall while they're having meetings. He must be thinking about something. So, uh, back with Arya, she has uh, made a fire and is trying to get herself warm because, of course, it's winter. Um, when a pack of wolves approach, she thinks that one of them is Lymeria, which is her wolf back mm-hmm. in um, King's Landing. But the wolf runs away after an encounter with her. She 
talks to the wolf and explains like what her plan is but the wolf still run the wolf still runs away um she smartly puts down her sword because like as she's approaching it i was like um you still got your weapon in your hand so you should put that down um yeah and especially if like let's say she doesn't put the sword down and the wolf jumps at her but like she doesn't mean to kill it and it maybe jumps onto her sword so i was like yeah put your weapon down so she puts it down and like tries to reach out to it um but it runs away and stuff um mm-hmm. i thought this was a nice little scene it's not wasn't quite the result that she wanted but at least the at least the wolves didn't like attack her i guess so yeah um i think it was a decent scene as it did kind of you know again it brought um not nightmare back into uh, the series um which you know, a lot of people will be wondering what happened to the wolf, and um, mm. there is a little um, th- little trope in the Game of Thrones that when a character dies, their wolf um, or die wolf dies pretty soon after, because Arya is still alive. Everyone was wondering it, where Nymeria was. Mm. Um, uh, the one thing I didn't like about the scene was uh, I don't see the the larger picture of it. Like, sure, it's a wolf and everything, and she if it was, and it means a lot to her, you know. But um, if it was to come back to her, like, how would that affect things? Or was it just one of a sentimental scene? I don't know. I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of a sentimental catch-up and mm-hmm. also maybe a, some kind of foreshadowing in some way. I'm not quite sure what it's hinting towards, but I think it does mean something for the future. And it was nice, like, to know that the wolf is still alive was pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. So. I just don't want it to be like a bait and switch where we see it like go walk away this episode and the next episode when Arya's in trouble it will come back and help her. That's a bit like kind of cliche and we see them with a lot of TV series. Maybe, where, um, yeah. Where you think that like, oh, it's that, that they've done you wrong and now they're going to come back and make up for it or something like that. And it's, mm, I'm not sure about that. Okay, so would you would you rather have had the wolf like turn up when she needs help as opposed to now um i mean like i said i just don't really i'm not sure exactly how the wolf is gonna like tie into this i feel like it will come back at some stage mm. but um yeah i, I feel like it, it should have just gone with aya there really if it was to kind of rejoin the show if it comes back now and saves her it will seem a bit cliche to me but that's just how i'm seeing it really okay cool um the final scene of the episode, the uh, Dawn mother as well as her daughters, uh, Theon and Asha, are travelling when Euron comes aboard, splats somebody with the the uh, nose end of his ship. I, I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, splats somebody uh, and there's a big fight um, mm-hmm. that starts. Two of the Dawn girls are killed eventually. Um, the mother and the other daughter are taken as hostage um, as well as Asha. Uh, he then captures um, Asha and holds her at knife point, I guess, or Yara. I think it is. Yeah, Asha sure. Yara. I think um, Theon is given like the decision of do I try and help my sister or do I do something else? I think he was smart to jump off the ship. Yeah, um, I, think if he, I did. The moment he I goes thought... towards Euron, he kills his sister and then he kills Theon. That's what I think happens. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that at first, but when I when I talked about it, my friends a bit more. We discussed it. Um, yeah, when I was first watching it, I was just thinking, "Oh, he's been a coward again. Like, what is he doing on the show? Like, how is he helping out anyone at this point?" But now, 
now thinking back to it, he probably made the right decision because, yeah, like you said, if he did go up and approach Euron a bit more, you probably Euron probably would have killed Yara, and Theon would be captured or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is not what you really want, but I don't know. Mm. We'll have to see. At least Theon can get away with his sister, hopefully alive, and hopefully get somewhere to tell someone. Yeah, I just wanted. I uh, that scene where um, he was swimming along. I I wondered uh, if Gendry was going to come along and pick him up <laughs> mm. in his boat. Um, yeah. Oh, that would be uh, a good way to introduce Gen- yeah. Gendry back into the story. Yeah, uh, I, went on, I went on a couple of the Facebook groups after I watched, and everyone was like, Theon, yeah. what are you doing? How could you do this? And then like, I was thought, like, well, if mm. he charges towards you, on one or one or both of those people die. So, like, yeah. his sister and him, one, one I, or both of those people die, so... Yeah, I think I think it's justified for what he did, really. But at the time, because he was in such like a panic state, everyone yeah. thought, "Oh, he's just being a coward again." And so did I as well, to be honest. Only mm. when I discussed it with other people, they made me see that it was yeah. actually quite a smart thing to do, to be honest. And we we see a little bit of insight into like his mindset, sort of like he's traumatized. Like I can see all these dead bodies and stuff. I don't think he's in the yeah. mindset to fight this guy either. I mean, we just saw a like five minute scene of this guy killing people. And Theon was there, so I think it's very yeah. smart for him not to do that. Because otherwise he'd probably just get himself killed. So Yeah, I think he's still very traumatised by um, his days with Ramsey Bolton, to be honest. Because uh, yeah. Ramsey really screwed him up in the head. And what was it made he called him? Cha- Reek. Reek, yeah. Yeah, he made him change his identity, really, and trying to, um, you know, take down the idea of Theon Greyjoy. But now, yeah. uh, now he's back, it seems like he's still very scarred by those, those times. So, yeah, not good. <laughs> uh, at least he knows his sister might be alive and he's alive, so. Uh, and that's yeah. the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, the, well, the, other, like... the other thing that we see as well just before is the two Dawn girls, like, one of them's hanging from the part of the ship and the other one's, like, got part of it yeah. through her body. I was like, yeah, they're dead. <laughs> so, they're dead. Mm. And um, um, one other thing that I, I noticed as well, and other people were talking about, didn't Euron get stabbed like five times? And he he made a noise, like a groan, when he got stabbed. I was like, why is this guy not going down? Uh, yeah, it all happened so fast, to be honest. And I, I didn't really pick up on all those yeah. things. But Unless he's yeah, just, I don't know, he can take it like arm, or he's got better armor. Like I don't know. But... Yeah. I mean, he was prepared for a fight, so he probably did have armor on. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think Euron's a, a great character at this point. Um, yeah, he is really showing himself that he's a major like kind of player in the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. now. It's not just a three-way battle between Cersei, Daenerys, and Jon, which uh, a lot of people seem th- to think it was. Um, and then you got the White Walkers coming in soon, just so that will really stir things up. Hopefully, yeah, in a sort of good way. I know that's a bad thing that happened, but it, it, for yeah. entertainment, so um, entertainment, brilliant, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you love to see Euron fight like Batman or something? Sorry, what? <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see Euron fight like Batman or somebody, somebody like a really good martial artist against this guy who's like a really good and sort of beastly swordsman? Uh, that would be quite fun to watch. Batman would win. <laughs> Batman yeah. smarter, awesome. even though he's Euron. Like, I don't think you can put like Batman within Game of Thrones. He would win. Mm. You just win. Um... No, I mean, just for fun idea, you know. Yeah, and he wouldn't fall for the traps like um, 
the, the wildfire thing that Cersei did in season six. He wouldn't have fought for that. No. Uh, he's a lot more. He's probably one. He'd probably be one head, uh, one step ahead of the game, really. Yep. But yeah, that's an interesting, to, interesting to think about. Thing to think about uh, Batman and Game of Thrones. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, we could just talk about what we think is going to happen, like in the next episode or the the upcoming episodes. Now we've seen what happens now. Um, what so do I think, think Littlefinger's going to go episode? and talk to Sansa. Hopefully, mm-hmm. John is going to arrive and talk to Danny. Because um, I've heard that it's called jetpack jetpacking in Game of Thrones, but I've heard that basically characters will be narratively allowed to travel faster. Because I mean, yeah. like, Danny sends the Raven, and then John gets it in the next scene. So those kind of speedy things, which yeah. I'm completely fine with, because then we don't have to wait two, three episodes for things to happen when we've only got twelve episodes or eleven episodes left. Um, yeah, it's so good because um, I watch, you know, I watch a lot of The Walking Dead and stuff. Yeah, and when, it, when when a character needs to travel somewhere, you'll probably get like a whole episode dedicated to their traveling and what they experience <laughs> on that journey. And yeah. I'm just like. Okay, you don't need to do that. Just get to the place already. But um, you know, you saw in last uh, episode, season six, when Varys travelled from Dawn all the way to uh, help out Daenerys. So um, you know, it, yeah, there was a lot more of this. What, what do you call it? Jetpacking? Yeah, yeah. That's not a term not I came this. up with. It's just what I've heard in kind of the community, which is funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, hopefully, Danny goes that. to meet John. Hopefully. Um, Maybe Brienne, Sansa, and Littlefinger will have a chat. Or maybe Littlefinger will go to talk to Sansa and then Brienne will turn up. Because I think that she'll be suspicious because, like, John's left. And then she'll maybe go and think, like, okay, maybe I need to just... Not mother Sansa, but keep an eye on her kind of thing. So maybe that will happen. Um, Have you seen the... Sorry. I think hopefully we'll see... um, Something with uh, Jorah and Sam and, like, the Maester and see what the consequences of that are going to be. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I do think that we are going to get some sort of closure on the Jorah storyline soon. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go on too much longer. Just seeing, ske- like, Sam scraping off some sort of, like, stones on his body. Because mm. that was, like, we we got the idea, you know, we don't need really to see it too many more times. What um, do you think of the transition when... Um... Sam's cutting Jorah's oh, yeah. grayscale, and then it goes to the pie. <laughs> um, I thought that was a, a, a bit disgusting at times, but very well done. Um, yeah. it, it made me laugh a bit while, while watching it, though, because it was just mm. well, it was pretty good. <laughs> um, have, yeah. you the, uh, have you seen the the trailer for the next episode? It aired at the um, just after the credits of the when Game of Thrones was airing. Um, okay. I haven't actually seen the, the next time on. I did see it last week, but I forgot to watch it this week. Uh, yeah, it, basically, it does show John and that boss meet going down to Dragonstone and stuff. So it confirms a lot of things, and it shows um, it shows Euron taking Yara and one of the Sand Snakes back to Cersei. So that's his gift for Cersei. Oh boy, <laughs> they're going to be um, locked in a dungeon, and she's going to shame, shame. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because remember, um. Oh yeah, and Alario as well. Um, Alario killed Marcella, which was Cersei's daughter. Um, so she's really yeah. not gonna hit that too well. Nor is Jane. Um, Jane they... is there as well. So. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't see the Dawn people making it alive this series at all. So. No, 
There's only like two left, isn't there? They've got yeah. um, the Samsung. One of the daughters. Laria, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the storyline was one of the weaker parts of us, like season five. That's the big they... general consensus, yeah. And I agree um, with that. And apparently they're one of the weaker uh, storylines in the books. But I, I'm just wondering what, like, why were these characters introduced in the first place? Like, what was their purpose? Just to kill off one of Cersei's daughters, maybe? I don't know. It's, maybe. It's maybe. weird. Um, and I haven't seen the greater kind of scope of their storyline, really. Yeah. But maybe, maybe they're just those side characters, you know. Mm. Um, what did you th- what did you think of a... Uh, what you gonna? What do you think of how Sansa's gonna deal with things back in Winterfell? I think she's gonna handle it well. Um, I don't think she's gonna need to kill Littlefinger just yet. Um, no. Not in the third episode, although Game of Thrones could surprise us. Um, yeah. But he's Littlefinger's gonna try something, I think, and Sansa's just. I think she's gonna use her more confidence side and get away. Use that to get away from it, or him. Yeah, I think Santa feels like she's trying to work out a little finger, and I feel like she, 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 she think she looks at him and she thinks, right, I know your plan, I know what you're gonna do, but I'm sure little finger will find a way to kind of go out, you know, find a way to like trick her or something mm. into doing or not. If I were her, I would just not listen to little finger at all. I mean, <laughs> he's not the most trustworthy character on the show. Oh, I mean, not even close. Why, why would you? Why would you? Uh, why would you take advice from him? Is what I think, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's it for this episode. You can find all the other content on entertainmenttalk.org. There's lots of Crash Bandicoot content out there now with the review coming soon, so check that out. So you can follow us on Twitter at eTalkUK. You can send any inquiries and feedback either through the Facebook pages or groups or the Twitter or the email, which is entertainmenttalk at hotmail.com. Uh, you can support us over at patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk or go to the support us page in the about tab to find other free ways of supporting us um, one that would really help is to rate and review us on iTunes um, so yeah please consider your options and um, yeah we'll see you on the next piece of content and until then we'll see you when George releases the book <laughs> maybe we'll it'll see be then. two spin-offs or uh, who knows So he just needs to get his stuff done to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah Uh, Yeah, Yeah. but until then, we'll see you on the next piece of content. Goodbye. See you.